Hi, I'm Jen and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Karen and I use Z here and she, her pronouns. And you're speaking queerly with KYC. Hey, Karen. Yeah. You want to hear a fun fact? I do. Awesome. Did you know that if someone were to sneeze without any cultural influence, that the sneeze would almost be silent? What? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it. How right? do, who knew the first person to sneeze without culture? Like, does somebody know Adam and Eve? <laughs> were they out there sneezing and they were like, silent sneezes. They, they knew each other and they were like. <laughs> um, yeah, because we, you know, here we were like a chew, right? Like mm-hmm. we make we make sounds with it. Mm-hmm. And if you go to like Japan, it sounds completely different than really? what we do here, yeah. So if you took that out, it would just be, I don't know, a tiny yell, I guess. I, I don't know, <laughs> like, but it's a very I, to, well, I don't always, um, and my partner makes fun of me for this, but I don't always um, follow through, apparently, with my sneeze. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of oh, right. mustard. I guess I don't want to, you know, right. announce it. But now I'm going to start paying attention to sneezes mm-hmm. everywhere I go. This you is, should. This is fantastically interesting. So we just really first want to say um, thanks for listening. If you're tuning in right now, um, this show, Speaking Prairie, is produced by Kaleidoscope Youth Center, or KYC. Uh, and we're just hoping to explore some of the topics related to the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, some topics, um, they could be funny, could be serious. Um, at the end of the day, we just hope it's all helpful or entertaining. Um, while we are your host, um, we'll be actually bringing on guest speakers in the future and who knows, we may even do some episodes that are short previews of what some of our trainings look like, um, maybe in some topics that we discuss day to day with our youth as well. But yeah, so thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. We also want to thank Wave for working with our youth to create the theme music that you hear when you start the show. So. Thank you, Wave, for your work with our youth and the work that you do in the community. Thanks, Wave. All right, so first up, we're going to just kind of chat a little bit about maybe some pop culture news uh, that's happening recently. Yes, let's Um, do it. All right, awesome. (laughs) Uh, First up, you know, we are, for anyone who, um, maybe this is your first time hearing about Kaleidoscope, we are based in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, so we uh, follow Ohio news and politics very closely. Um, a lot of it does affect our youth. For example, right now, um, the Ohio Fairness Act. Yes. Um, that's kind of kicking around in the state. Um, what, Senate, House? Um, yes. It's, it's getting kind of into those closed committee meetings. Mm-hmm. And, and we j- I think it just recently was opened up to um, testimony, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, how, Karen, how does, that, how does the Ohio Fairness Act, how does that affect our youth? So, I mean, right now, uh, Ohio is an at-will state. And so when you think about fairness in the workplace, um, you're looking at how people are employed, what's their sustainability, and if they're protected um, from being discriminated against, whether it comes to sexual orientation, gender identity, those type of things. And right now, you can be fired for those things or not hired for those things and there's no protection around folks with those laws. So the whole goal of the Ohio Fairness Act is to protect that demographic of LGBTQIA+, and anyone who's in that realm will be protected by that. And so the testimonies come from experiences. Equality Ohio does an incredible job of keeping us engaged civically, and the point is to make sure that we are protected in the workplace as People are learning, hopefully starting to learn and create cultures in the workplace that are affirming. So we actually serve youth 12 through 24, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Um, and we have, um, you know, housing insecure youth, mm-hmm. homeless youth who come to us, and then, you know, they they need housing, they need jobs, and mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, they're affected by these discriminatory laws. So it's really important that, you know, the stuff passes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think when you're looking at our youth, especially youth that are homeless and working to, um, in workforce development, try to learn how to, you know, reacclimate themselves and be sustainable members of society after they receive housing, it's, we have a list. I mean, the look, it becomes a different process for people in the LGBTQIA plus community to actually get a job. And that can be from 
entry level to you know higher level, we have to look and see, is this company affirming? Is this company um, going to, like what's the culture of this company? Do I need to have other jobs on the back burner? And that can cause a, a lot of anxiety and stress when you don't feel safe in a workplace. That's something that you're doing every day. That's something that pays your bills. That's something that keeps you sustainable as an individual. So I think for our youth, it matters so much because you know, they are exploring and questioning and figuring out who they are going to be as adults. And in the workplace is one of the biggest places that they'll experience you know, different types of discrimination. So it's really important that that passes and that we continue to build our lists of people that are affirming spaces and safer spaces for our youth to, to work and have those first and second and third work-life experiences. And if people out there are interested in giving testimony, they can just go to Equality Ohio's website, I believe. Absolutely. Um, and and they have they have a you whole. You can get on their mailing of, list. Yeah. You can get on. You can get involved civically as much as you would like to get involved with Equality Ohio. All right. So there was a new um, Ohio study that has stressed the importance of LGBTQ plus uh, cultural competency training in healthcare, and this is coming from Prism News. Advances in Medical Education and Practice Journal published a peer-reviewed study concluded that healthcare providers who completed LGBTQ cultural competency training experienced an increase in knowledge about LGBTQ issues. Imagine that. What? Yeah. I go to class, I engage, and now I know more. That's, that's wild, a, yes. That's wild. That's wild. That's a wild notion. And so it, with that said, you know, that's definitely something KYC has been um, mm-hmm. doing re- recently is more cultural competency training. We yes. do a lots, lots of other trainings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, Karen, you can kind of speak more to, sure. to the importance of this. I get really um, excited about this because this is my passion um, in life is having, getting people together and having com- conversations around bias, around, you know, what are our what is our awareness of other cultures other experiences microaggressions those type of things are my jam and um but more importantly i think it's important to see and understand and be aware that we have so many different cultures queer culture is its own culture mm-hmm. um and then youth culture is its own culture and then to see how adults move columbus has its own culture Um, Columbus politics has its own culture. When you look at those things and talk about cultural relevance, it's really about building community, understanding awareness, and then educating each other on our experiences so that we don't say things that are triggering or out of context or out of relevance. We want to make sure that we're not just culturally competent. A lot of people go to courses and they'll get lectured for a couple hours And then it's like, I know these things, I'm culturally competent. And you're like, but like, if you were in a situation with a person who was homeless or with a person who has a lot of trauma, would you be able to adapt or have a conversation that didn't go off the rails because you're like sending microaggressions out the wazoo? And so I think, you know, with our cultural competence, We call it cultural proficiency or cultural relevance, which is a level above cultural competence. The goal is to not only be aware of the terminology, but to be able in actual situations to be responsible about the information and the words that you're saying. And so that requires action, so practice. So when we go into trainings, we're doing um, obviously some terminology and things like that, but we're more or less doing conversations, dialogue, awareness, and activities that will bring people's education up. And I think it's so important to have people come to those conclusions on their own. Because I could tell you all day that you're like biased. <laughs> you know, we're all biased we're in biased, some way, yeah. you know. But when I when you actually are going through a dialogue and you're talking to someone sitting across from someone that has different intersections than you and different experiences than you, it's really hard to not feel very human in those moments and to not connect with someone and be like, okay, this is this is different than just getting a piece of paper with terms on it. So the hope is that people can move about the world 
in more respectful and considerate and thoughtful ways. For sure. That's great. And yeah. you've done a number of these trainings, correct? I have. I yeah. have done a lot of these trainings. And we're, we just scheduled one in February, so I'm really excited about that. Erin has done these trainings a multitude of times as well. That's our executive director. She uses she, her pronouns. <laughs> and um, we do those trainings sometimes together. And I think in the community, even just in activism, in activist work, it's so important to be culturally competent and responsive. Um, and that's, you know, that's definitely Aaron's coin term as cultural competence becomes a theme word and often those theme words get overused. Um, but the responsiveness is about actually being in situations and actually living that out as opposed to just being aware of it. Right. Do you, do you find much pushback when you do these trainings? You know, I do. Um, <laughs> but I think... I, th I hope to offer up safer spaces for people to explore and not feel judged. So we have group norms generally when we do those trainings and those group norms give room for us to meet people where they are. And generally people with a lot of intersections understand that because mm -hmm. they're used to certain things and you know, it has to get a little gray. It has mm -hmm. to get a little murky. It has to get a little uncomfortable before we can move past that. Yeah. And so to get to the root of it and to see like, oh my goodness, I learned these things when I was two to five sitting around the dinner table. Like these are things that were norms in my household or, oh my gosh, does this, and I mean, people will go through the gamut of, you know, does this make me a, a bigot? Does this make me a, a bad person? Does this make me, you know, racist? Does this make me, uh, you know, homophobic? And people will have those conversations with themselves and realize different things throughout the course of a two to three hour training or four hour training. Um, and I think it's important to, you know, we always say to give yourself some grace. So us having that platform in the beginning, I found less pushback. And there's always someone that's like really committed to whatever they're committed to. And those are generally the people that we get two, three days later, maybe months later <laughs> when something happens or they have a connection and it comes back in their face. Like once you open up that work, yeah. it's really hard to ignore it anymore yeah. and you're aware of it. And so it just depends on how thick those walls up are for people. Um, and the pushback, you know, when we're talking about those things, it really becomes a, you can't negate my experience. You can feel however you want to feel, but when people start talking about not believing something that is a definition or a term or exists already, mm. it's like, well, it's not about you believing it. You may not believe in doing that yourself or acting that way or other people doing it, but you can't deny my existence. And right. I think that's like, that's the level that we want to be at where you can't deny people's existence. You can really feel however you want to feel about it. And then I always encourage people to explore why they feel that yeah. way about it and what's the resistance. Um, Cause that's normally where something is. Um, about why you're resisting that so heavily because at the end of the day, what does it matter to you how other people are acting as long as no one's harmed um, and what they're doing and what their choices are with their gender or their sexual orientation? Like, what does it affect you? It doesn't affect you at all. Um, so I'm always asking people to explore that within themselves first. Mm -hmm. um, so the pushback is generally, like, quiet. People will be quiet. Um, and then afterwards, they'll, they'll want to talk one-on-one -on -one or in a safer space or what that looks like because sometimes we're dealing with people that are 60 50 mm -hmm. you know that have been in the workplace and life looked like this and I, was, I liked it here I was comfortable yeah you know and so anytime we're changing comfort there's going to be individual pushback and pushback against us a little bit but I mean generally people are respectful and there's a need for the the training so they know why they're there that's good. Mm -hmm. That's I know good. Amanda gets a lot of uh, pushback in the education sector. Yeah, and so Amanda is uh, KYC's education and training manager, mm -hmm. um, and really she works um, with the schools mostly, mm -hmm. um, and kind of training teachers and administrators mm -hmm. and, and you know all those educators and things like that. And something that you actually mentioned, um, you know, we everybody kind of unknowingly creates their bias when they're mm -hmm. like kids. Yeah. Um, so it's really important that, you know, the, the folks that they're around mm -hmm. when they're young have that, that training. Mm -hmm. Um, and not just that, but that the, I think the curriculum, um, that they're learning also reflects not just the LGBTQ community, but like all different, um, 
intersections. Intersections, yeah. yeah. Um, and I know, I know recently some states are, are mandating that mm-hmm. you, you have to. And Ohio, no. <laughs> Ohio's no, not doing not. that, you know, uh-huh. but, but there are other states that are. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important, too, to have that mm-hmm. within our education system and sure. just in, in any of our systems. Like, we need it. Right. And, I mean, really to pave the way for people that are, you know, in small towns to this day, people are still pioneers and they're the mm-hmm. first transgender person to go through their school and working with we've worked with schools that have been incredible and everybody's been open and it just makes it so much easier for the youth to move about their life and when they have this information and when they have this education like it removes anxiety it removes depression it removes stress they want to go to school because they know they're affirmed and accepted there and a lot of our youth don't necessarily want to go there because you got the same teacher you know misgendering you and you've got the same bullies saying those things and no one's standing up for you. Um, so it, it can be a really big, heavy weight to go to school or to get up out of bed um, when you know you're not going to affirming spaces. So I think it's, it's important uh, across the country. I think cultural competence is the new way of saying diversity and inclusion. Um, and that's fine because America is a melting pot and there is so much here that there are so many intersections in one person. Like, nobody really can say, like, I'm just this one thing. And so I think it's important to to be aware that the cultural competence is about your home culture, your life culture, your work culture. Like, there's culture everywhere. It's a beautiful word, and, it, and it, I love that it's being discussed, you know, and it's really important in terms of retention. HR, we look at this all the time in terms of what it means to really keep people there what would keep you here working in this environment what keeps people at jobs what keeps like it's normally the people it's normally the culture and so um, sometimes that can also mean that the culture is is harmful and outdated and if you want to grow it has to get uncomfortable but I think it's really important that we start looking at cultures and and being competent enough to um, at minimum hold space for people of all walks of life agreed yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say someone's listening and they, mm-hmm. they're they like, oh, wow, my business, my school, whatever, they, we, we need this training. What, sure. how, how can they reach out? How can they, of what course. can they do to, to, mm-hmm. to lay that foundation? Well, I would first say you can just email me at karen at kycohio.org. It's something newer for Kaleidoscope, but it's something that Aaron, our executive director, and I have been doing for years. Um, but there's also a form on our website, www.kycohio.org, and there's a form for trainings. So you can go to education and training, and there's a Google form for you to fill out about what specific type of training you want, how many people, um, and we are an institution, so we do require payment, and we can work that out, but it's on the Google form, like your budget, those type of things, and we can make something work. And we normally, um, do our trainings, they're custom designed for the organization that we're working with. So we will talk with leadership about what you're wanting and um, the type of experiences that you're wanting or what message you're trying to come. Because normally something happens. Someone is, um, you know, puts in a complaint or generally someone, you know, leaves quickly. Like there's quick turnover or something like that. And they want to get to the core of it and they want to make sure that, well, we now have a transgender janitor or we now have a transgender teacher or we now have a transgender uh, assistant principal and we want to make sure that we're ready for that. And so they're, those are the type of things that are happening and then they'll give us a call. So you can reach out to us either through my email or through our website and we are very responsive when it comes to that and getting in there because this information is so important. Word. All right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and we're back for our main segment of today's episode, um, in which we're we're just going to talk all about KYC and Kaleidoscope Youth Center and what it is that we all do here. Yes. So KYC started out as a crisis hotline, a suicide prevention hotline, uh, 25 years ago. 
and we're into our 26th year, so that's a big 26. deal. 26 <laughs> years. Um, we're a quarter of a century old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we it's been interesting because, you know, you watch things come back around and we've started having some conversations with some different, the Trevor Project and um, different organizations about recreating or bringing back a prevention hotline because there's more access needed if people can't get to the center or if people can't get to uh, licensed therapists or things like that. What are resources available for youth or um, young adults that are struggling uh, emotionally? So that's where it started from. That's the concept. And we're in our third year or fourth year here at this location. At this, at this location, um, we are in our fourth year okay. where we're actually in a house that was built in the 1900s oh, cool. um, here in the mm-hmm. Discovery District of Columbus. Yes. And we used to be housed at a sort of shack um, <laughs> <laughs> by OSU, but we were, we, it, it was in kind to us. So, it, you know, we were very appreciative for being there right. for many years. Um, there's a target there now. So, yeah, I think when you're brick and mortar, there's a lot to say about, you know, the need for actual space in the community. And um, a lot of times when people are in this space, I've heard the term magical, mm-hmm. like this is amazing. And someone even said, I feel like this is sacred ground because of the work that's being done and I like that, yeah. yeah I think I think so and I mean it feels homey like it's very homey and a lot of times we're like just come to the center like you need you won't understand fully until you actually visit the center so we do tours mm-hmm. um from from 12 to 3 daily we can do tours so if you want to call in you can actually email info at kycohio.org and we can set up tours um, for you, and we also do days of service, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. A little bit later. A little yeah, bit later. Yeah. So, what actually happens at the center? Mm, okay, so first and foremost, we are a drop in center. So, once a day, our youth will get meals made by our um, volunteers or operations manager. Um, James is incredible. I'll give a shout out to James, also known as Gaden Ramsey. So, he's an incredible chef, and so we have a meal for our youth daily that will be in count of gluten-free and vegan. We have a lot of youth that are in both of those categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also, so 3.30 to 5 is drop-in time, so they can come in. We have a computer center, the David Bonnet Computer Center, which is donated computers. They upgrade those every three years, but it gives our youth an opportunity to do resumes, to play games. If they don't have a phone, they can text through that, email, those type of things and really start to learn kind of responsibility around technology. They will do that in the David Bonnet room. There's a game room where we have, uh, they do a lot of dance, dance. I don't, I want to say dance, dance revolution, but I think I'm showing my age. Well, it's like they're video games that are dance. Yeah, that that one's just dance, but I. Is it just dance? That's the name of the game? It's just dance, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Um, But I, yeah, dance, dance revolution. Yeah, I was like, is that, yeah, I'm dating myself. That's cool. Um, And then there's, you know, they have Guitar Hero or any video games you can think of and then any board games you can think of. I did get to play chess with one of our youth one time and that was um, surprising. I was surprised that they know how to play chess and that was really awesome. Um, and then we have a living room where they can, you know, listen to lo-fi radio. We have a, a Apple TV so they can connect to different things and listen to different radio um, center appropriate of course (laughs) Um, they really enjoy vines and they're really fun to sit with them and watch vines and just kind of check out a little bit and laugh those are those are my favorite moments we have an art room we have a library and so they are able to do anything they want between the 3 30 to 5 within reason of course uh 3 30 to 5 they're doing those things at five o'clock we have a check-in and the check-in really is talking about highs and lows their name and pronouns for the day and um just checking in and getting a, a heat check for everybody and seeing where everybody's at emotionally and um, you know physically. And then we have programming from 5.30 to 7. Shout out to Liam, our center program manager, and Amanda, who if she's not at a school educating, is with our youth and working on programming with Liam. But they are, they are doing art, they are doing crocheting, or They may be making Harry Potter wands because who doesn't want a wand? Um, They are making potions or... What um, what, what house are you? I am a Gryffindor. Okay. Um, I 
I dance with Slytherin. I'm close <laughs> with Slytherin. I dance okay. with Slytherin. I, I tried it on for a little bit, and it's a beautiful, beautiful coat. And I also adorn my Gryffindor coat. Very lovely. And I, I adore my, my house. What house are you? A Hufflepuff. Like, 100% Hufflepuff. <laughs> nothing else. Way, nothing else. No, just... What's your favorite fun. trait of the Hufflepuff? Oh, um... Yourself, too. It worked for myself, too. Um, you know, I think probably just loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm pretty loyal. Extremely loyal. Okay, yes. all right, yeah. And, you know, it, according to the Harry Potter lore, like, mm-hmm. they, they were the outside of Gryffindor. It mm-hmm. was the house that mm-hmm. had the most people stay behind and, and fight in the war. So. Nice, <laughs> nice. There we go. It's teammates. There you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> teammates. all the way. I love it. So we did just come out of uh, Harry Potter month and I love the remnants that we still have around um, the center. So there's still um, house cup type. uh, If they do certain tasks or complete certain games or challenges, then they'll get points for their house. So that's kind of remains like a year round thing. We always talk about Harry Potter and um, it will never die. So that is some of the things that we do. We have themed months. Um, and we just got back from being out for two weeks. And before that, we had probably our biggest donation of the year in terms of Amazon wish list as well as um, just winter needs. And our youth got to come up on the last day before we left for two weeks. And they got to put bags together of Christmas things. And there were so many people that contributed to that um, individually and organizationally. And the youth loved it. Like, they got to go home with gloves, hats, sweatshirts, sweats, um, blankets. So it was really, really wonderful. That's the type of stuff that goes on here. And you're like, yeah. wow, look I at mean, the community our, pulling together. Yeah, our community is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a core group of champions that, yes. you know, we're so thankful for. And, and mm-hmm. really, when we talk about all the board games, all the games, all mm-hmm. just all the stuff that we have in the center, like 90% of that has been donated from somebody. Yeah. And so we're really appreciative of that. Totally appreciate it of that. Um, after programming, we do on certain days of the week, so Tuesday and Thursday, we have Genderscope. Tuesdays at 7 to 8.30, which is an affinity group for trans and non-binary youth. And then on Thursdays, it'll be from 5.30 to 7. And it's normally closed. We do have a open meeting once a month. Uh, where people can bring their friends and that are not necessarily trans or non-binary, but are allies. And then on Tuesdays, we also have Queer People of Color, QPOC, that meets 5.30 to 7, and that is for youth of color. And so those are different conversations. So it's exclusive for youth of color. So we'll have those on Tuesdays. So Tuesday is really our big affinity day where the center gets to honor, you know, some, some intersections that don't necessarily get honored in normal living. So those are really important. Um, We also have, so that's what goes on in the center. So we also have events like uh, Barbie Queer. Barbie Queer here is um, right before the school starts. It's book bags and Mm carnival-like in its expression, but it's in August. And we'll have back to school. It's basically our back to school party. Yeah. You want to talk what, more about that? One, one last hurrah before mm-hmm. the school year begins. Um, yeah, and it's just an opportunity for everyone to come and hang out. And um, the past couple of years, we've we've actually opened it up to the community. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know, KYC youth exclusively, but mm-hmm. um, they can bring their families, mm-hmm. um, their, their parents. You know, it's a chance for folks to see our center. Um, but I think the big, the big takeaway is, you know, we're able to provide – um, all those back-to-school supplies. Mm-hmm. And the youth can come and d- take whatever they need for free, um, free of charge, and, you know, not just for them, but maybe their whole family, whatever it is that sure. that they need. And then we also invite out other community partners, um, mm-hmm. just try to connect folks to other resources that they might need throughout the year. Mm-hmm. The Discovery District also has some uh, events that will include us in, like, an open house type of um type of atmosphere we had the big table talk we had that here yeah um so there are is that is it the big table talk am i talking the big table yeah the big table yeah we had that here the columbus foundation the columbus foundation did it yeah yeah. and so we had probably about 15 people um come in here and just really have some 
wonderful dialogue about ways to support and what it looks like to be here. And so that was in this space. So people are in and out of this space and you know, we have volunteer days of service that people will come in before the youth do at 3.30. Um, and so there's lots of ways to get involved, to see the space and to experience the magic yourself. And our youth are, you know, at the core, the best thing here. Other than that, we have Ohio GSA Network. So we are the hub for Central Ohio. The hub. The hub. You like that? Yeah. We are the hub for Ohio in terms of the GSA Network. GSA used to stand for Gay and Straight Alliance mm -hmm. and then over cultural competence. Yeah, it has, yeah. see, look yeah. at that, coming back to it, um, has shifted to the Gender and Sexualities Alliance. And those are formed for youth in the LGBTQ community um, that want to have discussions within their school. So that's like their affinity group. Mm -hmm. um, and it does include allies. So normally when we include allies, um, what that's saying is we want to have the conversation. And so that is a space where people, you know, they all create their own norms, their own group norms, and they'll have meetings within their school. And that's a place where youth can come with whatever is, you know, on their hearts and they can come and be a group in a community and do things within their school. So we are the hub of that. And Amanda is overseeing that. And we're actually hiring for a GSA coordinator right now. And so that person will work with schools to be a little bit more present within schools in terms of talking with their advisors and talking with the leadership of the GSAs. So we want to make sure that youth know, because, you know, in rural, er rural, I, that's a tough rural, word. Rural, yeah, rural, no, you know? I agree. Okay, so <laughs> rural areas, it's very difficult to, um, you know, find like minds and like situations. So a lot of times the difficulty is finding those situations and giving them the information that's needed to have those type of groups because, you know, locally we don't think about it because Columbus, you know, you're like, oh, it's really well known and this is kind of the way it is. Like these people exist, <laughs> right. but you know, in small town country, Ohio, it's not always present. So, um, you know, all of Ohio can, can use us as a resource for that. The next thing is our education and training for professionals, uh, people serving youth, those are the people that we definitely want to deal with um, as they are serving youth. And that would include somebody like, um, you know, medical care. We have done uh, for a medical place. I won't name them because, uh, you know, who knows, yeah. you know, <laughs> privacy, who knows. But um, we have done trainings for medical places that are dealing with youth. Um, I know Nationwide does a great job with our youth in terms of health care, mental health care. Um, and, you know, I just met with... Um, the Columbus Office for Minority Health. And so we're looking at, we're always looking at ways to partner with people that are doing that, but it requires that education and training on the front end. Um, and then in schools, and we talked about ways to connect with us. You can either, with, with any education and training, you can definitely request a training through the form. There's a form on the website. That's www.kycohio.org. You can request it on there and we will customize that training for you and what the need is of your professionals. And lastly, we have started housing. Last but definitely not least, um, we have started the endeavor of housing. And so we have three programs right now. Um, we have Connections Program, which basically is our intake program, and wraparound services. So those youth will come in and we'll see what their needs are and then link them up with different partnerships as well as what resources we have in terms of um, sometimes it's just helping with housing and rent um, it can be more comprehensive but all the way up to rapid rehousing and rapid rehousing is something that when a youth we say it starts with housing and this is our mindset around it it starts with housing and then we can work on the rest so our housing is you know immediate need and um, literally homeless youth are getting housed. We have some landlords that we are working with. If you're out there and you're a landlord or a property management person and you would be willing to work in this endeavor, then you know reach out to us at info at kycohio.org. But we are definitely always looking for landlords that are willing to work with us because it is a different experience and our youth are learning what it looks like to, um, a youth actually said this, but the safety net is gone. Um, when you're homeless or when you're fending for your survival, um, you know, there's a learning curve 
that occurs. And so that's what we experience with our housing youth. And, you know, there's an amount of grace and patience and love that gets to be given. And so that's what we're experiencing with the landlords that we have. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. There's a lot of communication. And we're really just pulling together as a community to make sure the youth are in safe spaces, creating safe spaces for themselves. Um, and moving from there, we also have our supportive co-housing unit that is about to start renovations. So we're excited about that. We crowdfunded for that. Um, at the end of last year, uh, what was that, 2018? That was 2018. Yeah, that was 2018. 2018. Yeah, it's, it's taken that long. It's taken that to long. To do construction. <laughs> <clears throat> to get permits, yeah. and, you know, there's a lot that goes into construction. Um, but we are getting excited to get that renovated, and as soon as we get that up, that will house up to five youth. And, you know, as far as longevity in terms, we look at 18 months as – like the beginning and the standard, because that's, you know, once housing is in there, then we're talking responsibilities, then we're talking workforce, then we're talking sustainability, and what does that look like to sustain your living and not just survive, but thrive, and that's a whole life shift, you know, when you have those opportunities, so we give that time to do that, and so we're hoping to create, you know, when I went to college, there was a time when I had three roommates and we had, you know, the suites and those kind of things. And there was a community that was built there. And the goal is to to build that type of community in the support of co-housing. And we're also looking at host homes. So we do have a couple host homes right now. Um, and we're looking for more people. And that is also fairly intensive. And it's, um, you know, we, we model it after um, a project that was done I believe it was in Minnesota. I think I want to say Minnesota, but I might be wrong. I'd have to check with Aaron on that. I feel like it's an M. It's, it's one of the M, M states. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, Minnesota. I think it's Minnesota. I know she's been out to Wyoming too. But anyway, um, the whole point is that it's based off a model that is successful and it's about emergency housing. And then sometimes people find their forever homes there, um, but it is emergency housing. And so that could look like you get a call and a youth needs to be housed that day. Um, for various reasons. So there are trainings, and obviously we would work with the family and there's compensation and things like that. So those are things in mind, if any of those sound great to you. Again, info at kycohio.org, and we will be very responsive about those type of things. But housing, you know, there's over 3,400 youth that are literally homeless where, to our knowledge, at minimum, 50% of them are um, LGBTQ plus. And so when we look at those, a lot of those youth aren't going to shelters. A lot of those youth have been kicked out of homes that were fine and thriving, but because of their, um, orientation or their gender identity and, um, they don't have affirming homes. And some of those youth are living in homes that aren't affirming and are detrimental to their mental health. Um, but they're just existing there because that's the only place they have to go. So homelessness is an issue, and there's a campaign right now out called CBUS See Us, and I think homelessness looks a lot different than it used to. Mm -hmm. You know, youth walking down the street with a book bag, people think they're coming from school or whatever. Some of those youth are homeless. Mm -hmm. And um, getting the youth to tell those stories and getting the youth to overcome those stories and those situations and those circumstances um, is is a huge part of why we're even into the housing portion of of youth and human services. So it has been very rewarding, and we look forward to what this year is going to bring in terms of how many youth we're housing. We're housing nine right now. So, yeah. yeah, we're definitely looking to increase that number and increase the host homes and get these renovations underway. Yeah, renovations, <laughs> wow. <laughs> More renovations. Um, and that will, that will obviously create, you know, jobs and and all those type of things for us. But um, community-wise, if you're ever interested in just supporting, then we can always take your donations gladly for those things. There's, there's a, always there's a, a need. There's, there's always a need. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So basically that is what we do. Um, Jen, tell us yeah. a little bit about what you do, my, my backpack media friend. <laughs> yeah, well, officially my title is Development and Marketing Manager um, at KYC, and it's kind of what it sounds. So I'm, I oversee a lot of the development um, portions, so that's fundraising, donor relations, grants, um, but we have a whole admin team, um, mm -hmm. includes Karen, 
here who, you know, we all work together to really raise the money, you know, and to, you know, find the connections in the community that Mm -hmm. will help us grow and stuff like that. And then on the opposite, it's not really opposite. They go together. Um, The other (laughs) side of that is marketing um, that include that communications, um, media relations, graphic design, web uh when we say this podcast is produced by kyc it's mostly me uh, <laughs> you know that sort of thing so um yeah i do a little bit of everything here really you do I mean, there's there's points like for events i'll help out with the events with the youth and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff so yeah jen's being modest she's <laughs> the glue um but basically the the messaging you see and we just got rebranded, so we'll give a yeah. shout out to Ology for that. That was huge. They um, they spent uh, what was it, forty eight hours? It was like thirty six hours. Yeah, it was their brand camp. Mm-hmm. They do a yearly brand camp where mm-hmm. they choose two nonprofits in the community to rebrand, and we were one of them. And they they went to work. So, they did. Yeah, they did. And it was actually with Wave, so yeah. that was really awesome yeah. to do that with them. But um, you know, the branding and the messaging. And the narrative and making sure that everything is in line and really captures our culture here. I think Jen does an amazing job of that. So kudos to you. Thanks. I I have to give a shout out to my partner though because she also she helps uh, with <laughs> a lot it. of a lot of the graphic design stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, core of the logo was actually her original okay. um, design. So she, if I don't, if I don't have time or I don't know what I'm doing, like uh-huh. she's usually she's she's a good partner. She steps in and kind of helps. Shout so, out to partners. Shout out, yeah. <laughs> shout out to supportive, right? And wonderful partners. So yeah. So thanks, Amanda. Different yeah. Amanda from the one that works here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a different Amanda. But um, what so do you yes. do, Karen? What oh, do you do me? here? Yes, um, I am the deputy director here. So, like, I can give you fancy terms. Um, I'm a thought partner, strategic planning partner. Um, I work closely with Aaron, our executive director. Um, and I will work with the board and we'll do strategic planning or fundraising and development. I work a lot with Jen. Basically, I work with every single department and find out where the gaps are and what is needed and I fill those gaps, or I find someone to fill those gaps. Um, I like to be called a support advisor. That like sounds that. Good. You like that? Grounding yeah. advisor? Yeah. Those are good terms. Um, but basically, um, whether it's visibility and representation or um, you know, an appearance in the community, connections in the community, because I do a lot of things, so making sure that um, KYC is on the front of my tongue all the time. And... Um, I also work with the youth. I'm an education major, so I work with the youth and, um, you know, make sure that everything's on the up and up and that they have, you know, a fair aunt in, in those situations. Um, but it's it's a beautiful combination of, you know, in center and in the field and in the community. So um, that's a general overview of what I do. And I know I hear this a lot. Like recently mm-hmm. I've been like, oh, you're the deputy director. And everybody's <laughs> like, well, what does that mean? And so... You know, it to me it means I get to see the organization from all the lenses, mm-hmm. and I really, really love that. I love that I get to see it and you know talk to Amanda about education and training and create things with her, and really just watch her thrive. And Liam, like watching him work with the youth, um, it's amazing. And watching you be as savvy as you are communications wise, also thanks Amanda, other Amanda, her <laughs> partner for that. Um, that's great. And watching James just be the most incredible operations manager. Um, he literally keeps us afloat. And James is KYC. James <laughs> is KYC. Like if they, <laughs> James is KYC. So just watching everybody in their role, you know, yeah. and our housing program, watching that grow and become what it's becoming. I'm really excited about what's going to happen and, and what we're creating for the housing program in 2020. But it's just really amazing to watch our youth be impacted and to be able to see the results of that. Um, I, I, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better situation. So um, that's what I do. And now you kind of know a little bit about what everybody here does. Yeah. Um, let's talk about maybe some of our misconceptions. Misconceptions. Yeah. About KYC. And I, I, th- 
I feel like all this explanation touched on the biggest one I always hear. Which what is, is that? Which is just like we're like the cute little like <laughs> center for all the little gay kids. Which mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, sure. totally, totally. But like we're way, way more than that, mm-hmm. and especially in the last couple of years with the expansion of housing mm-hmm. um, and really the expansion of our training, education, GSA network, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like we've really just gone above and beyond. Yeah, counting last year, we did over 75 trainings, Yeah, you know? And when you think about how many people are impacted, say there's an average of 10 people in every training, you know, that's over 750 people that we're having conversations with. And um, when you look at housing and say nine youth are housed, you know, no, that's not a lot in terms of 3,000 plus. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, each one teach one. If, if somebody's changing their life, then that leaves room for another and that leaves room for the cycle to continue. So, um, yeah, I think I think my, my misconception, a lot of people don't know we exist or what mm-hmm. we do when we exist. They're like, oh, KYC kids gay like yeah. you said and yep. it's just like mm, there's a lot more meat here than yeah. that there's a lot more meat to what we do and i think moving into the you know social justice and um our youth are very very into activism and social justice and social mm-hmm. civic engagement you know they're mm-hmm. really engaged and we have a community advisory board of youth that applied you know they they filled out an application and some of those will be like, you know, sitting on the board or um, making, you know, talking with Get the Vote Out. So they're like very engaged. Like this is, they're so bright mm-hmm. and um, really just letting the youth lead. We're a youth-led organization. Mm-hmm. And so um, not that not that they're like running the show, but at the end of the day, their suggestions, their ideas, their desires are being being executed here. You know, yeah. we're just we're just here to do that for them because a lot of them, a lot of youth right now are like, get out the way. You guys have made such a mess, <laughs> adults. Right, you know, right. so they're like, get out the way. So we're here to facilitate, you know, that type of learning and that that type of um, engagement. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. What's another misconception you think is had? I don't know if it's a misconception necessarily, mm-hmm. as much as it's people wondering why why housing, mm. like why we're doing housing. Um, and y- you kind of mentioned when you were talking about it, um, it, the numbers are like 40, 50% mm-hmm. of all homeless youth identifies LGBTQ. Yep. And that's just the ones that we have access to that mm-hmm. we can ask those questions of. Right. Um, so I mean, they're a huge majority. And when we, Prior to opening up our housing in 2019, um, you know, we had youth that were homeless, housing insecure, coming to a drop-in center during those hours. And, you know, they would come for the meal. They would come for the interaction. Um, we have a resource room. We've always had a resource room where you could, uh, youth can pick up clothes or toiletries, whatever mm-hmm. they might need, and, and they would come for those things. But then, you know, at the end of the night, it would just like, okay, well, good luck, you know, right. and, and that, that sucks, right? Mm-hmm. So it... It felt very imperative and timely that Mm -hmm. we do this and you know you say there's only nine but i mean it's a slow (laughs) it's a slow progression and i mean as we've had a lot of support Mm -hmm. um from the community along the way so yeah hopefully we can continue to expand there and i think you know when we talk about wraparound services or human services as a unit you know the goal is collectively to first and foremost i think there was a need, there is a need right now so much because in the shelters, in the spaces that they're going to, they're not affirmed always. And sometimes when someone's transgender or non-binary, they don't know where to put people. And so there has not been a push to educate beyond that. It's like when we get here, that's a stopping point. And so our youth have felt that, you know, and our adults have felt that too about where to go. And so we're trying to get it early um before before they experience you know years and years of 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 this like you know re re acclimating to homelessness and being considered homeless again so um the goal is to catch it young and to also provide affirming language spaces where um they are safe to be themselves and 
yes, they're homeless, but they're themselves first. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important because, um, because they're not always safe places for youth to stay and things that happen to youth that are homeless are uh, really devastating. So uh, when you talk about trauma and trying to heal the disconnect, I think it's really important to establish, I mean, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like your first need is housing, um, mm -hmm. you know, a place to stay. So yeah. I think it, it, it's almost an oversight to not do housing because that's like the primary need. You know, Absolutely. yes, housing, meals, like the basics, like to survive, you yeah. need those things and um, some security and sustainability in that. So, yeah, if that is a misconception, I hope that's cleared up <laughs> now. <laughs> like, I hope that's cleared up now, right. for sure. Um, other thoughts, I think, I think thinking we have more people working here than we do. <laughs> yeah, I think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that a lot where it's like, oh my gosh, like, some people think we're bigger than we actually are because of what we're able to accomplish. Yeah. And so in that moment, I would give a shout out to the people that are full-time here and working here and the staff that we have and how much we're able to, to produce. Yeah. You know, I don't think we even realize the, the magnitude of it until other people are looking from the outside in and they're like, wait, you only have eight people on full-time <laughs> staff. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we do. Just, just so, get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, shout out to the volunteers that, mm -hmm. that do help us um, in the drop-in center, more specifically um, to, you know, Cooking Christy, who yes. <laughs> makes our meals on Thursdays. Thank and, goodness you know. Cooking Christy. Um, but yeah, we have 10 or so mm -hmm. uh, volunteers who, yeah. who help out with the youth directly. Um, and so I know that really helps Liam out. And some of them are coming here, you know, once or twice a week. And so I think that's that says a lot to the dedication and you know, being visible and being representation in the community, I think that's huge. I can't, you know, thank our, our volunteers enough for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some ways, um, if people want to get involved, how can they, how can they get involved with KYC? Yeah. So first and foremost, you can volunteer and be discussed so highly, um, on our podcast, on our podcast. Um, but I would say, there are several ways to volunteer, and they're all on our website at www.kycohio.org. And you can volunteer with special events. So if you want to come and set up for barbecue, if you want to have a table, whatever that would look like, come and you know go to the form. There's a Google form on there. You can say, I want this event. We have Other Prom, which is at COSI um, this year. And then we have, um, what other events do we have? We have Pride. a couple coming Pride. up. Pride. Pride, yeah, we yeah, have our we own do. Pride here, where it turns into a carnival. There are unicorns and water parks, so um, we don't it's, know it's how fabulous. much bigger. It is it's really fabulous. fabulous. It's <laughs> it's absolutely fabulous. Fabulous. So there, that will be in June, um, and then we have some little events that we're going to be doing throughout the year. So stay tuned for those. But there will be events that we would love to have people, whether it be checking people in, um, just having adults in the space. As we have, you know, at other prom, we had 415 plus youth yeah. there last year. So um, we definitely have a need for volunteers. You could do a day of service. So say you're in an organization and you guys have a group of people that want to support. You would set that up with James, who is our operations manager. Just email. Um, you could, in the form, say you want a day of service. Or you could email info at kycohio.org to say that you want to do a day of service. And he will schedule that with you and your organization. Um and that's just a variety of tasks around the center, whether it be, you know, putting sealant on the windows when it's winter, because this is a house that was made in the 1900s, right. so early 1900s. It gets so a little cold. It gets yeah. a little chilly. Yeah. They're big windows, they're beautiful, and they're cold. So, if you know, different tasks like that, setting up for, um, you know, our Christmas or holiday um, meal, mm -hmm. setting yep. up for our... Um, Family meal, feast. Uh, family yeah. feast, yeah. yeah. We had that on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we do those type of things, and, you know, we're always, we always have a need, whether it be clearing out things or shifting decorations. Somebody pulled up the Christmas tree from the basement. So there are lots of things that can be done for days of service. Um, if you're actually interested in programming, there is a way to do that. That is also on the volunteer form. And you can also inf uh, email info at KYC and we'll link you up with the right people. Generally, those people are going through Liam. There's volunteer trainings, but we ask that people will come, 
you know, disciplined once a week because the youth will get used to you and they'll want you to be around and they'll sometimes come the day you're coming because you're their person. So Mm -hmm. um, we do ask for consistency in our volunteers and you pick a night that works for you. Again, programming is from 3.30 to 7 generally. Um, And if you're interested in a specific group, gender scope sounds great to you. You're trans or non-binary and want to be involved in that or you're a queer person of color and you want to be involved in that. Those are Tuesday nights. Um, 5.30 to 7 and 7 to 8.30, respectfully. Um, So we also have um, donations. You can always bring in donations. Um, And I would say check in with us before. We have an Amazon wish list, which is your safest bet if you're looking to get things in bulk. It's easy to just send it directly. Send it just (laughs) directly. So there's a link on our website for that. And then there's also a donation link where if you're just like, I want to donate this amount of money, then you can obviously donate there at any time. We have some $5 Fridays on Facebook. So I'm Karen Marie on Facebook. <laughs> I You will have to request me and I will have to approve you. But I'm Karen Marie on Facebook and I'm generally sharing those out. And you can also look at Kaleidoscope Youth Center. We'll have those, you know, we get a lot of activity on our Facebook site. And we just love to have that conversation and that engagement. So there are opportunities there to donate. And, and I think people don't realize too, like even a donation of five dollars, like that, mm-hmm. that helps tremendously. Like it we does. provide bus passes for youth when they come to the mm-hmm. center, and that's, I believe that's like six hundred dollars a month for us. Mm-hmm. So a bus pass is around three dollars, mm-hmm. I believe. So I mean, five dollars, you know, you're you're providing transportation for a youth to get here to mm-hmm. to, to to and from. So I mean, no. Uh, no amount is too small when it comes to sure. that. And some people will do it um, monthly or yeah. like through their check. A lot of times if you have United Way, you can actually donate through that. Columbus Foundation, if you're a part of that, you have an option to donate to the Kaleidoscope Fund. Yeah. Some employees were, employers were matched mm-hmm. too. So it's, yeah. There's so many options. So many and options. And we, we do list um, many of them on our website. So. Yeah, so absolutely ways to get involved with that and the other thing that you can do is engage in the community and so um a lot of times when we become aware of something so kyc is a safe haven uh, for youth 12 to 20 12 to 24 16 to 24 is our housing program connections that type of thing when our youth are in that space with kyc make sure you're talking about it as you see things that are coming up if you see a youth that is maybe struggling and you wind up being a safe space for them to discuss this with, or you notice something give like parents need these tools too. So talking about it at work, it really is the beginning of changing the conversation around it. Like, Oh, well I know someone who does that. And so kind of being an ambassador for KYC, those are things that are really helpful in the community, just bringing awareness to, you know, what we're capable of providing in terms of our sources and resources. Takes a village. Takes a village. (laughs) I think we should keep that. We We should keep it. Keep it. All right. Awesome. Well, this feels like a very um, comprehensive, um, you know, summary of of what we do here. And I'm sure going forward, um, we'll probably have some episodes that are focusing on specific Mm -hmm. um, you know programs or services that we provide but if anyone listening has any questions they can always feel free to reach out to us Mm -hmm. Um, info email address is probably your best bet Mm -hmm. info at kycohava.org but you can absolutely reach out to each of us our emails are on the website so there are names so go to our website go to our website kycohava.org go there if you have any questions kycohio.org Go there now. Go there now. Bring it up on your phone. I right know now. you're listening on your phone. Do <laughs> Bring it, it up. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, um, yeah, I, this felt pretty good. I, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? I, I felt like it was easy it was flow. Good. Easy, good. Um, I'm sure there'll be some changes in, you know, as we go, as we learn, mm-hmm. and, and all that. But for anyone who tuned in today, you know. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, please share. Please follow us on social media. Yeah. Um, we're, Tell your podcast friends. Yeah. Get get everyone on board. It'll, yeah. It'll help us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. So 
I, I guess we're coming towards the end of this. Mm -hmm. um, we appreciate it. I'm Jen. And I'm Karen. And, and you're been speaking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it. We'll right. get it. I'm Jen. And I'm Karen. And, and you've, you've been, been speaking, speaking queerly with KYC. KYC.